Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Everybody having a good weekend so far? So far, so good. We still got a little ways to go. We don't have to go back to work just yet. We're doing good. Hey, listen, uh, today we're going to continue the Underdog series. We're in week two of this incredible series. And the concept of the series is very simple, that God can do more with less. He can do more with less. And why does that matter to us? Well, because we're in a world that always compares and competes. And sometimes we look in the mirror, uh, what we see does not always look like victory, right? Uh, I just came back from a cruise this week, and I looked in the mirror when I got home, and I went, Dad, gum, uh, you hit the buffet too hard, son, right? That is not like a victory. But are you glad that God can do more with less? Amen. I think he can do more with more, too, apparently. Yeah, we're gonna, just going to side pass that whole concept. But anyway, um, uh, today I'm going to talk to you about uh, valuing who's in your corner, understanding the value of the people God has placed in your life, and learning to categorize your relationships. Now, I, I hint at this in a lot of sermons, but I'm going to hit it dead on today about the power of understanding the difference between friends and influence. You know, a lot of times we think just because they're our friend that they should have influence. I'll tell you, there's nothing further from the truth. You can have people that you love, but they shouldn't speak into your life. So we're going to dig into this just for a little while today. I'm not going to keep you long, uh, but I found some really cool statistics that we're going to go over in just a little bit. But before we do, let me just say thank you to everybody that came to the community cleanup. Man, what a difference we were able to make in our community yesterday. I love it. I love being part of a church that's vision. Uh, is both blessing and beautifying our communities. It makes a difference, especially to those families uh, who who may not be able to take care of their yards. And, and some of them have been falling in disrepair for years. We're able to get them caught up and beautiful, and uh, and it makes a difference to those families especially. And so thank you for being a wonderful church. Uh, also, another announcement. Wendy turned 40 this week. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful, like a fine wine. Just gets better with age. Yeah, she said, don't tell them my age. I was like, baby, they're going to know. They're going to know. It's going to get out some way or another. Uh, I, I, I say that, and I want to honor her. Uh, I think maybe Bree, and there, 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 there may be five or six other people here that know to what extent uh, she is involved at Hope City. And can I tell you, if you've ever had a pastoral care call, if you've ever received flowers, uh, if you've ever been a beneficiary from our membership process, if you have ever uh, in any way been affected by our systems and structures, uh, can I tell you, you have been blessed by Wendy Neal. She is uh, in the fingerprint of the vision of this church, uh, and I am so honored to call her my wife. And I was taught a long time ago that honor is an honor unless it's done publicly. Uh, so this is me just wanting to tell you how great uh, of a leader that we have here at Hope City. Uh, and to brag that, well, my wife is just fantastic. So there you go. Uh, let's jump into Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Uh, we are going to read a story about a man named Gideon who had a continually shrinking army. Have you ever felt like those around you just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking? Can I tell you, God can do more with less. We're going to dig into this. Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Judges chapter 7, verse 1 through 8. It'll be on the screen but I'll read it to you as well. It says, then, uh, 
Jerubbabel. That's a mouthful there. Uh, he was given that name from his father, by the way, after he tore down the altar of Baal. It literally means uh, contender with Baal. It's one who attacks lesser gods. It's a pretty cool name. Uh, but it's actually Gideon, the same guy, Jerubbabel and Gideon, same person. It says, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, there's a key thought right there. Uh, at this point, the armies of Israel were around 32,000, and we're going to get that number in the next few verses. 32,000. And God says something unique to Gideon. He says, you got a lot of people around you, but if I send y'all into battle and you win, they're going to say it's because you had numbers. Can I tell you, God's not interested in building your ego. He's trying to build your faith. And the quicker you understand that, uh, the more you begin to get the essence and the character of God. He's not in it for the numbers. It's just not what he's about. He's not in it for the show. He's in it that he builds uh, uh, faith in himself and the lives of his children so that we are attracted to come back to him as the heavenly father. His ultimate goal is to have every child return home, just like ours is, right, parents? I mean, we want them to leave sometime, but we want them to come back too, right? And so God has a heart for his children. So he's trying to build this faith in them. And so he's saying, let's, let's, let's thin this army out. And so uh, starting in verse, uh, where are we at? Verse, uh, my eyes are too small. Either way, he says, now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 at once left. They returned. And 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Hang on, God. There's a war to fight here. I told the people who were afraid to leave, and 22,000 rolled out on me. And you said the number's still too thick. Do you see what's in the valley? It's the Midianites and the Amalekites. They rolled deep. We got to bring some killers. We need some savages. And God is saying, well, I understand that. But the 22,000 you sent home uh, still left you with too many. So, okay, God, I trust you. And if we go back in Gideon's life, remember he tried God three times in the previous chapter and God proved that he was God. So Gideon's got this trust thing going with God like we should all have. It's called faith. He says, the people are still too many. So bring them down to the water and I'll test them for you there. I mean, love it that God will test your relationships for you. Ooh, ooh, don't miss that. That is sweet. It says, then it will be that of whom I say to you. Now, now follow me here. This gets kind of wordy. It says, this one shall go with you. The same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you. The same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. 
but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Now, let me, let me explain this to you. In the natural, this seems like it's this weird thing God's doing to separate people. But there's actually a very cool story in this. There's a cool picture here. Uh, I mean, you know, not, not a single word is wasted in the scripture. It's all there for great purpose. Okay. So he says, you got 10,000 people. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's weed them out a little more. Take them down to the water. Let them get something to drink. 9,700 of them got down on the ground and <laughs> lapped up water like dogs with their faces to the water. 300 did something kind of like this. They would kneel down and scoop up water and they would, they would drink out of their hands. Now look at the difference. Or there's a difference in alertness. He said, where are their eyes while they're feeding themselves? They're watching for your enemies. He says, yeah. He said, let's, let's take those 300 that are alert and let's go to fight with them. And I love, I can't imagine me and Gideon. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You sent me out here with 32,000. And now I'm less than 1% left. And you want me to go where and do what to who? With 300, you want me to go fight the Amalekites and the Midianites? They're animals. And you want me to take 300 against thousands that are in the valley? That's what I'm telling you. Can I tell you God can do more with less? It's just a concept. You got to get that in your head today. God can do more or less. Let's keep reading. He says, uh, he says, by the 300 men who lapped, I'll save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. All the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands. He sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now, the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It's as far as we're going to read today, because I've got plenty of content to teach off of that. The picture is that in those two swift moves, God got rid of the cowards and the selfish in two swipes. So we explain that. Well, number one, he said, if you're afraid, go home. And 22,000 is like, mm, I'm gone. And they rolled out. Then he says, the way you drink is important. If you're more worried about you getting what you need than protecting Gideon, you need to go home too. Have you ever had relationships in your life that were more worried about themselves than they were you in the relationship? Just, just me? Okay, okay. Just don't talk to me then. I'll preach slow. I will take my time. You will not be to lunch till three o'clock. The louder you shout, the faster I preach. That's how that goes, okay? Now, here's what's interesting is he tells Gideon, by these 300, I'll deliver you. He didn't say, by my mighty right hand, I'll deliver you. Relationships matter to God. Who's in your circle? Who is it that will consider your needs even in the face of their own lack? Who is it that will be brave and bold in a time of spiritual warfare? Can I tell you, those things matter to God. They mattered then, 
The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So with that being the fact, we've got a very cool formula on how to find friends, how to find acquaintances. But there's a third level I want to talk about today is the people of influence. Just because they're your friend does not mean they should influence you. Okay, one person got that. And if that's all it gets, I'm okay. David, I'm cool. Me and you're going to be all right. But, 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 but I, th- I think there's more people need to get that. <laughs> Just because they will hang around you doesn't mean they should be around you. Oh, that, I think that hit a little better. That hit a little better. That was better. Okay, okay. Okay, I know how to come at you now. Okay. 32,000. 32,000 hanging around. Didn't need them. They all had opinions. They all had swords. They all had trumpets. It just wasn't what God needed at the time. More than that, weren't what Gideon needed at the time. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's starting to hit now. Okay. Some of you are dealing with problems because you got the wrong people fighting battles with you. Some of y'all are struggling in dilemmas because you sent the wrong people home. You are surrounded by selfish and cowardice people. And then you wonder why the drama never stops. Because all cowards want to do is talk about how big the enemy is. And all cowards want to do is talk about uh, uh, just, well, we ain't going to do that, are we? How about selfish people? Well, you shouldn't be blessed because I'm not blessed. You ever got a friend like that? Don't want to let you have a good day? Don't want you to take a cruise because they can't take a cruise? Oh, Lord Jesus, I said it. I took a cruise this week, okay? And that mug was fine, too. It was fine, too, okay? They ain't ready today. I'm telling you, they ain't ready today. <sighs> That's just funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. People, something they'll hate when they, I mean, hate when it's easier to appreciate. When less oxygen could praise you, they'll tear you down. That's why God said, send them home. See, some of y'all got people in your camp you need to send home. What does that mean? Send them back from where they come from. They can be anywhere except your camp. Cut them loose. Cowards, selfish people. Fear mongers. People worried about themselves. There's times that, you know what? There's times that what you need is locked up in the people around you. And if you got the wrong people around you, when you're in need, the wrong gift gets delivered. I'm Joshua. Give me your name again. Hey, good to see you again. Yeah. Good people. So... Give 
and it will come back to you. Press down, shaking together, in good measure shall men give unto you. But what if you got the wrong people around you? What if you got people lapping like dogs? Worried about their self. And they should be holding you up in prayer. Can you imagine a world if people just prayed like they hashtagged on Facebook? Can you even imagine the breakthroughs you would have? Don't worry, Pastor. <laughs> Hashtag praying. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> pray or don't pray. Pray or do or do not. There is no try. Who said it? Yoda. Star Wars hashtag. So you got problems. And God says, yeah. You need increase. Some of us need increase in prayer. Some of us need increase in finances. Some of us need increase in our peace. Some of us need increase in, I mean, you name it. So he says, give, extend a little. I'll send it back. Good measure. And so much so that you have to press it down and make a little space, shake it together. And it'll run over even when you make space for it. But then there's this little caveat in there. He says, oh, and by the way, man will bring it to you. Which one of y'all ever had a bill paid by an angel? Went to the gas company, dropped off a check for you. Anybody? Anybody? Did they, did they have big old wings or did they have two legs like us? Two legs? Look more like me or something out of like a Steven Spielberg movie. Was it? Like a human human, or was it like a big wings? And It was a human. Why? God's bound by his word. He's bound by his word. Your increase comes from the people in your circle. And then you wonder why you're not increased. Which, why I'm at it, I don't know how honest I should be today. I feel like we can have a good time if I could just get loose just for a second. Why is it that God's people go to people with broken marriages for marriage advice? Hang on, hang on. We're going deeper. Why is it that we go to broke people for money advice? Anybody? Show me the wisdom. I'll stop. Anybody? Crazy. It's like going to a sick man when you're sick. You don't go to no sick man. You go to somebody with the knowledge called a doctor. Why is it that when we lack peace, we go to people that are full of drama and chaos? You see, now we're starting to understand the difference between friends and influence. See, you made the mistake of blending influence into your friends. Two different people, two different things. I mean, let me just, let me give you a couple things that will separate friends from influence. Let me show you this. This is good. 
Friends versus influence. Friends are there to hear you talk. Influences are in your life so you can listen. Somebody who's been where you're going. You need to listen. One of the worst things in the world is when somebody comes in for spiritual counseling and they talk more than they listen. You got two ears, one mouth. Do the math. Right? If you are blessed enough to find somebody who is where you want to go and they are willing to speak to you, shut your mouth. Listen. Listen. You have found a well of wisdom. Don't block it with your mouth. Friends are available on your schedule. People of influence give you time. You should bend your life around their schedule. Friends are there to share burdens. Influencers are there to prevent burdens in the first place. These are all pictures. I got, I got, I got a few more. Friends are wells of comfort. Influencers are wells of wisdom. Don't seek comfort from an influencer. They don't have time. Be careful. These We have another name for these people. We call them mentors. When you are going into a battle that maybe you've never gone into before, or maybe it's as simple as you've never been victorious before. Maybe you're starting a business for the first time. Talking to someone who has never been an entrepreneur is great. They can give you comfort, but they cannot give you wisdom. And one of the biggest problems we have in, in the body of believers is that we have mistook friends for mentors and wisdom. And so we go looking for comfort from somebody who does not have time to give you comfort. And you say, they don't want to talk to me. No, they want to give you wisdom. But they realize they don't get where they're going by stopping and worrying about what happened yesterday. And then people say, well, they're just cold. No, they're not. They're about that business. They can't worry about the loss of tomorrow. They're worrying about the win tomorrow. They, 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 they can't worry about yesterday's. They get up, they keep moving forward. Can I tell you right now, right now, you can tell me any problem in here. Because see, oh, this is such good wisdom. The devil perverts everything God does. Everything God does. God said, press down, shake together, good measure. Uh, men will give it unto thee. The devil said, ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm going to mimic that plan. Except I'm going to send the wrong people with the wrong gifts at just the wrong time. So, because most of us are Southern, we've been taught to be polite. We give access to people who shouldn't even be letting your front door. But now they're speaking into your life. Wrong. Wrong. We give access to people that have never walked where you've walked. They don't have no, they got no desire to go where you're going. And you're letting them dictate your next steps? What? It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Can I tell you, it's time to thin the herd a little bit. 
Time to thin the herd. 32,000. You ever felt like you got 32,000 friends? Listen, you get on Facebook, it'll tell you I got 1,800 friends. I don't know them people. I don't know. Charles, I don't know. I don't know. We was on a cruise. Lady walks up to me and goes, Pastor Josh. I was like, oh, God, what have I done in front of this lady on this cruise? <laughs> you know, you relax a little bit. You have a good time. You're on a cruise, right? And uh, she goes, Pastor Josh, are you enjoying your cruise? Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm having a great time. She goes, do you know who I am? And now this is, I'm going to let you in a little secret. I don't always know who you are. <laughs> and I said, I kind of gave, I'm getting good at this kind of sidestep thing. I went, uh-huh, how's your cruise? Uh, instead of saying, yes, I know who you are. How's your day? No. I said, mm-hmm, how's your cruise? So I had a little conversation. It's great, great, good conversation. And she went to her table and I went to mine. I said, Wendy. We're being watched. <laughs> you got to act right, woman. You got to quit acting up, Wendy. <laughs> you got to get saved again, Wendy. You got to act right. I say that jokingly, but the truth is that I found she was in my Facebook friend thing. Don't know her. See, in a world that says, oh, you got plenty of friends. No, you don't. No, you don't. You ain't even got 1,800 acquaintances. You couldn't name them people in a lineup. You... So what do we do? The Barna Institute did some research in 2021. They began to ask people, how many friends do you have? Everybody said that they have between 80 and 100 friends. The Barna Institute went, uh-uh. Through a series of questions and checks and balances, they found out that each person had between three and five qualified friends. So how do we move forward? First off, you've got to learn to compartmentalize your relationships correctly. Some of you have placed friends that are just there for your comfort in a place of influence. And that's wrong. You'll find yourself in a ditch. They're not there for that. They're there just to be a friend. They're there for emotional comfort. Nothing wrong with that. Some of you have let friends that you have history with step into a friendship that should be a spiritual encouragement. That's failing too. Because just because they have history with you doesn't mean they should have a future with you. Too cruel? Too cold? Okay. It gets a little worse. Some of us have gotten into covenant relationships where all we do is spend our time with people who don't value what we value. Even scarier than that, they don't even value you. You wonder why you're surrounded by people and you feel alone. 
You wonder why when you're in need, nobody picks up. You wonder why when the well gets dry, there's nobody there to pour water for you. So you go day after day empty, trying to pour out of the emptiness, trying to feed the relationship out of emptiness, when really they were just vampires sucking you dry. And guess what? When you run completely dry, they'll find another well. Me and Dusty was talking about this between services. I'm fishing a writer. We, me and Dusty, we're fishing a right. Sermon series called Well Watchers. Who's watching your well? Who's making sure you stay full? And I hate to say it, but the church has made a vast mistake. That just because they're in our general vicinity, they should have access to us. Love everybody. That's scripture. Love them, no matter what they believe, no matter how they think, no matter how they uh, fill in the blank. It's irrelevant. You love everybody. But Judges chapter 7 says, when you go into battle, you better thin them out correctly. How much time I got? Oh, I need to hurry. Okay. Let, 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 let me tell you the good part of the story. Gideon told by God, he said, sneak into the enemy's camp tonight. Sneak into the enemy's camp. Gideon, I guess he puts on his Amalekite shirt or something. I don't know. Midianite hat. I don't know what, I don't know how you sneak in, but you sneak in. And he's walking through the tents and, and he hears the Amalekites and the Midianites. They're not talking about 300. Talking about the God of Gideon. Say, man, if Gideon shows up on the battlefield, we're toast. It's just Gideon, man, that tore down, tore down Baal's altars. He went and burned down the force of Asherah. This is a man whose own daddy named him as a savage. He shows up, we're toast. So his faith starts building a little bit. So he leaves the camp and he goes back to his own camp and he's kind of sneaking through his own camp and he hears two soldiers talking on his own team, his circle. One of his 300 say, I had a dream last night. And I dreamed that with one swing of a sword, all of the Midianites and all of the Amalekites were destroyed. The guy sitting across the campfire from that guy goes, that's Gideon's sword. Gideon's a mighty man of valor. We've heard it said. You know who said it first? God. A good friend will repeat to you what God has spoken over you. Hmm. Do you know what I would have given at times? have somebody remind me of what the scripture said but I had surrounded myself with the wrong people sometimes when you can't find wisdom somebody has to dig it up for you and bring it to you so Gideon hears the story of these guys saying boy this that, that was the sword of Gideon Gideon we're gonna ride we get the chance to roll with Gideon tomorrow we're gonna wear these boys out and Gideon's thinking yeah, there's 300 of us. I just left their camp. There's thousands and tens of thousands of them down the valley. 
and his faith is building. In the face of adversity, in the face of a guaranteed loss, his faith is still being increased. Why? Because of the people around him. And I tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't have the details of your struggle. But I know if you're surrounded with the right people, you can win. You can win. Remember, God told Gideon, he said, it's through those 300, I will give you the victory. Who is in the foxhole with you? Who is it that when the battle starts, you say, hey, you're coming with me, 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 come on. We got to go to battle. Let's go. Let's roll. Come on. If you choose incorrectly, get ready. When the, when, when the spiritual bullets start flying, you're going to have the cowards run and the selfish worrying about their self. You're going to be out there trying to do what God told you to do, surrounded by a bunch of disobedient, scared people. Keep going on the story. God gives Gideon this amazing plan. And he'll do it for you too. I don't know what you're facing, but God will give you a plan. It's just who he is. He loves you. And so God tells Gideon, he says, take a hundred and go right to their front porch. When I tell you to scream, you lose your mind. You scream, the God of the Israelites is here and the sword of Gideon is with him. And he said, and then take these, these uh, stone pots, these pitchers in your hands. After you say that, you smash them on the ground and you start losing your mind and screaming. And then you take the horns, the trumpets, and you start blasting them trumpets. And he says, okay, so that leaves 200. He goes, here's what you do with the last 200. He said, space them out on the mountains around the enemy. See, a good friend will surround the enemy for you. They'll seal off the danger. They'll, they'll help compartmentalize the exposure that you're in. A good friend will cover your nakedness. That's a series all by itself. So take them and put them on the mountains around the valley. And he says, when they hear you scream, they'll scream. And then they're going to smash their pots. They're going to blow their trumpets. And they're going to start clanging their swords. Gideon says, Lord, I know no other way but to trust you. Because either they're rolling on us or we're rolling on them. I love how God just gives them just this confidence to say, okay, I'll take 300 against nearly 100,000. So Gideon takes those 100. He goes right to the door. He smashes the pots. He screams, the God of Israel is here. And the sword of Gideon came with him. And the people who were talking in fear the night before began to lose their minds and run. Oh my God, Gideon's here. Oh my God, Gideon's here. Run. Get what you can get, run. And then they start trying for a place to run. They look up and there's lanterns surrounding them on the mountaintops. And they start hearing these crashing explosions all around the mountaintops. And they begin to hear screaming and the clanging of swords. And they look up and there's lanterns around. Let me think, they're surrounded. 300. God can do more with less. So, 
let me close by saying it this way. Don't be afraid. It's starting today. No, no judgment for today. But don't be afraid. It's starting today. You have to rearrange massive amounts of relationships. You may end up with like 1% of the people on Facebook really even being your close friend. And that's okay. That's actually, that's actually probably a pretty safe ratio. So I got like 500 friends. Yeah. If you come up with five good ones, you did well. But compartmentalize them correctly. Understand who's who. Understand who will stay with you when the battle begins. The last point I want to give you is this. This is big, so follow me. Some of your victory that you have lacked is locked up in the obedience of the people around you. If you look back and you've been fighting the same battle over and 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 and it seems like you just keep fighting the same battle, it could be this time to resift the relationships, to recategorize some people. Because see, if you call the wrong person in a time of distress, all they will do is remind you of previous distress. And you will stay in this perpetual, chaotic sludge of an existence. But if you just make a mistake one time and call the right person, in a time of war and they pick the phone up and you say, here's what I'm going with. I say, hey, stop right there. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If God can destroy the Amalekites with 300, me and you together can whoop all of Crestview. Call the wrong person. Man, <laughs> Go home. I need some people around me that when the enemy starts throwing licks, they don't run. They say, okay. You want that smoke? Okay. Where are we going, Josh? What are we going to do? Oh, it's raining outside. We got to go clean yards. Okay. I just need to change jackets. Okay. Charles, they said what we're doing right now can't be done in Crestview. There was people who said a white man and a black man would never work together in the city. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And then to see what happened yesterday, people from, it was a picture of heaven. It was people of every color and just and the devil see he works really hard to keep you from the people you should be with I went in on this pretty hard first service see the devil works real hard to keep the wrong people out of the church 
Because he knows if the right people ever get this good news. That's why he works so hard to try to keep you in bed this morning. That's why he works so hard to separate people based on past church hurt so they don't go back and they lose their efficacy for kingdom work. See, this whole thing, God chose to partner with man to bring his vision here to earth. And I challenge every person in here, prove me wrong in this. God does not function on earth without people. He just, go prove me wrong. I beg you to prove me wrong. He partnered with man to make changes on earth. And if we're supposed to pattern our life after God, that means that you and I have to partner with each other to accomplish the kingdom work. What has God called you to? It's locked up in the people around you. If I'd have been by myself, I'd have stayed home yesterday, Charles. True story. I told Wendy, I said, Charles is going, I'm going. He won't fight alone. If you're lucky enough to make it out of this life with five relationships like what I had with Charles, you're a blessed person. So what am I saying in closing? I'm saying it's your victory to hidden those around you. God said, through these 300, I'll deliver you. What happens if you ain't got the right people? Your deliverance is not coming. Your change that you need to sustain your life is not coming. You will stay in perpetual junk because the people around you do not know the truth and they do not have the wisdom of God to navigate you. Get the right people. Get a plan of attack. Get the wisdom of God through the wisdom of people. Follow that. Don't get man's wisdom from man. Get God's wisdom from people. Surround yourself that know the word of God with people that know the word of God. Right? If you do that, when people write the final story, it'll look like something like, you know, and Yannick was delivered to the five people he was surrounded with. And, 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 and I, I sent deliverance to Troy to the six people he was surrounded by. You see, your story's not finished. You can make changes today. Isn't God good? Somebody could be teaching this at your funeral. But you get to go the rest of the day and make changes. Some of y'all, when the phone rings today, don't pick it up. Some of y'all need to call some people. Just say, hey, I'm going through something and I need godly counsel. If you have some time, would you be willing to speak to me over the phone? If I send you an email, would you be able to reply to it? Begin to seek 
the victory that God will send to you to the right people. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word today. Stand up on your feet so I can bless you. Yeah. We have had church today. God is so good. Lord, I want to thank you for your kindness. I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for the people I'm surrounded by today. I just pray that you would overwhelm them with blessings. Just bring supernatural increase to my circle today. Show them your goodness in the land of the living. Give them wisdom. That when my time comes, I might be able to lean on that. Give me wisdom. That when they need it, they can lean on me. Father, for each person in here, I pray for wisdom. That we will begin to compartmentalize relationships correctly. Nothing wrong with having friends. We need to understand where our influence should come from. We should surround ourselves with those foxhole friends. Those ones that when the battle really is raging, that we know they're tried and they're true. They're not cowardice and they're not selfish. They'll stay with us in the fight and they'll be obedient to your word. Irrelevant of what it looks like, they'll, still, they'll stay faithful to your word. Give us those kind of friends. Give us the wisdom to identify them. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us. Show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us. And give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. <laughs> Not even the relationships the enemy sent. Help us to amputate those relationships with great faith and expectation. Help us to hold fast to the relationships that you've blessed us with. I pray that you'd bring us back next week more wisdom from your word and more of your word locked away in our heart. We'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.